2: We're back here on the second guest show. Mike tell you along with the Cajun yeah. Cannon, Bobby Hebert, live from the Silver Slipper Casino, Beachside, right here in Hancock County, Mississippi. Come on by and visit us. Bobby J. and I will be here until 8 o'clock tonight. On our Oakland Heart Jewelers, talking text line from Fox Sports, Timmy Brando. Timmy, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. Great to be with both of you. Tim, uh, before we get into Super Bowl talk, NFL talk, I've got to ask you about this. Uh, what, what, what happened at UCLA, and certainly now the after effects of what's going on at Ohio State with this, that Chip Kelly would leave UCLA, and that, that, it's, that wasn't a rumor, that he was, he was trying to land somewhere. And I think he tried to get back into the NFL, but it ended up he's at Ohio State now. For a lot of people, we brought this up last week. They said, why are y'all talking about UCLA? They ain't in the SEC. Hey, look at the schedule for LSU this year. Guess who they play? Yeah. UCLA. But yeah. the after effects of what it does it goes to show you, once Harbaugh leaves Michigan, it leaves that void. And, man, Ohio State, and I'm not saying they threw every chip in, but if they had 100 chips, they would throw 80 of them in. Uh, It looks as though they have just shoved all the chips in the middle of the table and saying, hey, uh, it's a different world with the 12-team format, but this is our shot because Harbaugh's not here, and they took some losses early in the transfer portal, but they were able to get a lot of that back. And then you land... Chip Kelly to run your offense.
3: Yeah, well, it's it, so uh, why would Chip Kelly stay at UCLA? You go into Big Ten, they'd be like number eight and name, image, and likeness. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's uh-huh. like thinking, like, oh, that's not a win winning situation. Man, that's
1: that's
2: big for Ohio State.
1: I think it's a home run for uh, the Buckeyes, and and let's give some credit to uh, their their brass, their administration, for recognizing when Gene Smith, the longtime athletic director, who had been, I think, probably one of the most powerful ADs in, in, in the last 20 years in college sports. Uh, I mean, they run 36 programs, 36 programs uh, in athletics at Ohio State. That's as big as it gets in college athletics. They have 36 different programs. So that's a lot of non-revenue-producing sports that has to be picked up by your football and your men's basketball programs, and they've done that. But they hired Ross Bjork, okay, the former athletic director at Texas A&M, and of course at Ole Miss prior to that, who did exactly what at Texas A&M with NIL for Jimbo Fisher. I'd say he he loaded up, okay. He knows a thing or two about collectives, and he knows how to, you know, go all in. And uh, so I give him a lot of um, a, a lot of the credit for saying, okay. Um, if if you're going to give up your play calling, which by the way is something that I think Ryan day is tremendous at. I mean, he's one of the greatest aspects of his coaching, I think is his play calling, but to bring in chip a guy that he, he coached under and played for at New Hampshire. That's they're connected. These guys are buddies. Okay. Long time buddies from Ryan's earliest days in, in New Hampshire. and, This is just – it's Shangri-La for Ryan Day to be able to bring in Chip. Now, Chip probably won't be long for there. It may just be a one-and-done situation for him. But with the personnel that they've got and the things that that Chip can do, he's one of the best schemers in the history of of football schematically. Okay? And uh, for whatever reason, UCLA's fan base was upset with him because they weren't recruiting as well as, as they thought they should. Well, I mean, look, if your facilities aren't as good, and UCLA's aren't, uh, as SCs and several others in the Pac-12, including Oregon, including Washington, uh, and you don't have uh, an alumni base, is even though you've got some of the greatest and most successful alums there could possibly be, they were not doing anything but lip service To athletics, they weren't ready to play the game the way the game's got to be played. Let's face it, USC was carrying the water for them to get in the the Big Ten. UCLA came along for the ride, okay? So they should be smiling from ear to ear about the uh, initial opportunity they're going to get by going into the Big Ten, the increased revenue that they're going to get by being in the Big Ten. But you also have to step up and invest in your athletic program. And the Bruins weren't doing that. Uh, I talked to I talked to Troy Aikman many times about uh, what was going on with UCLA, and trust me, he was not happy, Bobby. He was not happy. He felt that they were not giving the tools that were needed for, for uh, Chip to be successful. And that was eye-opening to me. And I'm talking five, six years ago. He was
3: telling me this. So now, Tim, uh, when I look at um, all of a sudden, I mean, I don't know, uh, it's like almost – when I look old school, uh, the Saints and the Falcons are in the NFC West. What's West about uh, New Orleans and Atlanta being in the NFC West with the 49ers and the Rams? I'll look at right now, all of a sudden you got Cal and Stanford and SMU. What in the ACC, Atlantic Coast Conference? Yeah. Yeah. What in the world? <laughs> I'm looking at that. No, then you can say, okay, the Big Ten, yeah, that's kind of like the, you know, the, the, okay, it's the Big Ten. Uh, so you look at uh, what's going to happen in Washington and all that, uh, like you just mentioned. But uh, what's your take? Um, do you think if you look in your crystal ball, and now uh, you know if you look at uh, I don't know, it's even uh, half a dozen years, it might even be less. You got expanded playoffs. Is it, mm-hmm. it going to be a break off? And then uh, what I mean by that, where the NCAA, is st- they still the NCAA, but they don't uh, uh, control these power conferences or football like you have in the Big Ten and the SEC?
1: Well, that's what this marriage between the Big Ten and the SEC is all about, this advisory committee that they're putting together. And the conversation that's taking place with Greg Sankey and Tony Petit. By the way, I love it. I think it's great. These guys are now understanding that for the good of the game, not just the good of their league, but for the good of the game of college football, no longer, if you're a true leader of a conference, can you only be thinking about just your constituency. Uh, college football is about to make more money than it's ever made, but it also it, it, it also will be making uh, a greater investment in the game because of the fact that the NCAA will no longer be a part of Division One college football. Eradicate yourselves. Just erase the NCAA from Division One college football. The Supreme Court did in 1984. So why in the hell would you let that, that, uh, uh, that entity that has been operating outside the Sherman Act, outside antitrust laws in this country, play a role in screwing up your season? They tried to do it this year with the whole Michigan situation. Uh, it, it, they If they had Michigan dead to rights, then why couldn't they get all of their information out in time to get the so-called cheaters out of the way. They couldn't because they're not any good at what they do, okay? You got better uh, investigators as writers at at Yahoo and at um, The Athletic than you do working at the NCAA. So what did the NCAA do? They they decided to back-channel all of their findings through the writers so they could force the Big Ten's hand into coming up with some cockamamie three-game suspension at the end on the basis of a sportsmanship clause that was put in, you know, back at the turn of the century, okay, and really embarrassed themselves. And to some extent, Tony Petiti, the commissioner of the Big Ten, had to play along because everybody, including Ohio State and the Big Ten, wanted something done to Michigan uh, regardless. All right, they, they, Michigan didn't even get a notice of allegations, okay, from the NCAA until after the championship game was played college football now needs self governance and that means the people that really care about it they've got to covet and take care and nurture this sport because it's got to take care of so many so many aspects of the future it's got to finance the non-revenue producing sports if there are any that they can help finance if the NCAA stays involved in women's basketball good men's basketball absolutely that contract Runs with uh, Turner and CBS until 2032. But they have no business being involved in Division I college football. And I think these two entities, the Big Ten and the SEC, and I love both leaders and and where they come from. I think Sankey's understanding of governance, having been on an infractions committee, that's how he was raised into the business. He was in charge of compliance in the Southland Conference, Bobby, which, of course, you know is Northwestern, your alma mater's uh, conference before he became commissioner of the Southland. He understands what is needed to govern a sport. Tony Petiti comes from television, who understands how much, really, an expanded playoff format is worth. And that's one of the reasons, I think, in the new big television deal, which will start in 26, we're going to see 16 teams, not 12. We're going to see teams one through four playing home games on campuses that first week. No more open dates, I think, after this year. of This will be a... A playthrough, 12-team format season coming up with the new TV deal. This is the last year of of an old contract that they're implementing this in, and I think it's a dry run for going to 16 with the new TV deal. But those two men will will be able to, I think, really uh, put the foundation together for Brett Yormark, the Big 12 commissioner who I think gets it and understands it, and Jim Phillips who's got a lot of things that he's got to deal with at the ACC He's got major litigation going on with several schools, not just Florida State, but several schools legally. Uh, so he doesn't have the time really to deal with it. This is something that the two most fertile conferences need to play the lead on. And I'm happy to see that both Sankey and, and Petiti are doing just that. I'm told those two are as cordial as ever and are working together to make this thing happen. And I think the NCAA will be out of college football Division One in two years' time.
3: Well, in two years' time, uh, I'm I'm glad you said that because uh, because that's the thinking. It makes common sense. But, uh, look, uh, Tim, who's – I know Tennessee is challenging the NCAA right now, but who's the other university uh, that all of a sudden they say, this is ridiculous? And we all know what came about, like you said, with Harbaugh and Michigan. But uh, who's – Tennessee, what's the other school? I I can't think of it right now. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Oh, there's, um, oh, there, there are several. So, well, Florida State's obviously very upset. We know that. Uh, Tennessee is, is, is angry uh, about uh, the so called um, old business that's been brought up. Uh, and and they feel like, you know, uh, they called their bluff. They basically just said to the NCAA, hey, we know you've got no swagger whatsoever and And that's why they're doing what they're doing i'm 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 not sure exactly who the other team is. maybe it's just uh outside my head right now, but i i i agree with what Tennessee's posture is here uh I do uh bringing up uh, matters that that have been dealt with or old matters, and then saying something else new has popped back up, they're saying prove it, okay, come forward and tell us. You're going to have to do more than just say, you got us on this, 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 and this, okay? And uh, I, I applaud what Tennessee's uh, posture is here, whether, whether there's any guilt or nothing but innocence there. I applaud what they're doing. I just think that over the, the – the, think about the FBI investigation, fellas, that lasted for, what, six and a half, seven years? They were going to bring college basketball to its knees. They had Will Wade on wiretaps. Whatever happened there? nothing zero <laughs> okay it cost will wade his job but he's landed uh, with a golden parachute and a 700 thousand dollar deal at mcneese so uh, you know enough already uh, i think that uh, there are more and more examples of the credibility of the ncaa being smashed than there are uh, oh by the way this is just the wild wild west in college athletics i do think it's important that we have barriers, that, there, that we establish boundaries, that we find a, a salary cap, if you will, on, on the portal, and that we establish boundaries with NIL uh, so that it doesn't just become a pay-per-play situation, which I know they're all very concerned with. Uh, they, when I say they, I mean the other commissioners uh, around college sports, the athletic directors and, and coaches, they're all very concerned about it. But that can be handled from within. It doesn't need to be handled by a group that's just looking to feast and wastes the kind of money that the NCAA has traditionally wasted uh, in its investigative process. What have they accomplished? Nothing. You look back at all the different cases. All right, go back to the, the Rick Pitino case at Louisville. What what happened there? It, a bunch of assistant coaches got fired. May never work again. Rick's doing just fine at St. John's. You know. I, the thing at, at Kansas, Bill Self was – everybody thought Bill Self was going to be brought down. Some assistant coaches can't coach anymore. That's it. <laughs> so, you know, the vacating of, uh, of wins, at, you know, <laughs> taking wins away from Jim Boeheim, taking them away from Bobby Bow. what good did it do to take wins away from Bobby Bowden? It did zero good. They've become the biggest
2: bookie in the world, okay? Yeah. That, that's what the NCAA has become. They become the biggest bookie. Win or lose, they still get their money, but now they've lost yep. some control of this. Tim, last question. The spot, you got to do Patrick Mahomes' games at Texas yeah. Tech. Man, to see she that did. guy in the early stages at Tech and to see him now, un- unbelievable.
1: Yeah, and you know what? I also called Brock Bernie's first start as a freshman <laughs> uh, in 2017 against West Virginia when he took his team for a win and they stormed the field and West Virginia was 6-0 and that night. I thought Purdy did a hell of a job in defeat. I thought so too. But, Patrick Mahomes, but Patrick Mahomes is incredible. And, you know, he spent about half of his career at Texas Tech Hurt. He is a tough kid. And uh, he is the modern-day Brady. I don't think there's any doubt about it. They are indeed a dynasty. And what a perfect place for him to be. And I thought yesterday's game was tremendous.
3: Well, by the way, it had a little and, bit of everything. And, and you know what, Tim? Uh, right in your stomping grounds, uh, three star recruit from White House, Texas. If you <laughs> yeah, look at you that, 100 miles west of Shreveport. I mean, Absolutely. it's amazing that area, the quarterbacks that yep. come out of there. They got more than yeah. a couple. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Uh, Brock Purdy's dad was
1: a right handed pitcher for the Giants Farm Club in Shreveport with the captains. In 1995 and 96, Whoa. Whoa. And his wife his wife was a cart girl at East Ridge Country Club just down the road from Southern Trace.
3: Well, the, the, the center of the sports universe is uh, uh, South Trace of Shreveport, <laughs> Louisiana. There you go. Absolutely.
1: It always comes back to us, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Timmy,
2: thanks so much, buddy. Appreciate your time today. All right, Tim. You got it, fellas. Anytime. All right. Tim Brando from Fox Sports.